The following message is a presentation from Grace Baptist Church in Kettering, Ohio. All right, let's go ahead and gather together, find Deuteronomy chapter number 4, and uh, let's dive into this book tonight and overview it, and I believe that it'll be a help to us all as we continue to learn in the Pentateuch and overview these kind of from a 5,000-foot view, learning uh, what was the intention of these books Deuteronomy chapter number 4, and once you have found that, we'll pray and just ask God to bless our time in His Word. I should just mention that if you're looking for the shirts tonight for Adventure Camp, uh, the uh, vendor sent them to the wrong uh, printing company, and so we don't get them until tomorrow. So it, it, these shirts have been, these, uh, shirts have been a, a troublemaker uh, for me. Uh, over the last several weeks, the first company that we were having to do them uh, had problems with them as well. So anyway, Lord willing, we'll have shirts, all right? You there? Deuteronomy chapter 4? All right, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to be together tonight and to pray. And Lord, we're really just reminded of our um, desperate need of you. We can't do anything without you, and... Everything we touch in our own flesh, Lord, you've reminded us that uh, the works of the flesh just bring on destruction. And we are mindful that Satan is, is, is a foe that's constantly fighting against us and firing darts against us, and he has different methods, wiles that he uses against us. But our own flesh, Lord, is an enemy that is very fierce. So, Lord, I pray that you would help us just... Uh, again, remind ourselves of our need to depend on you and not on ourselves. Bless this um, uh, lesson tonight. Bless the lessons that the children and the teens are learning. I pray that all over our building that you would be exalted in your word. And we'll give you thanks for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Deuteronomy 4 and verse number 1. I want you to notice something as we start into this. I want you to notice how it says, Now therefore hearken. Notice that word hearken. Now therefore hearken, O Israel, unto the statues and unto the judgments which I teach you for to do them that ye may live and to go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers giveth you. And this is something he already promised to them. And listen, I want you to obey, I want you to listen, and that's a big issue, isn't it? I tell our kids all the time, you, you failed to follow through. You didn't do it because you first failed in listening. You didn't listen. Now, how many times we walk away from a, a, a time in God's Word and we haven't really listened, and he says, I want you to listen. And as we jump into Deuteronomy, uh, God is really trying to get across to this new generation of Israelites, you need to listen, and you don't need to just listen, don't just be a hearer, but be a doer of the Word as the New Testament confirms for us. And so, the ground that we have covered here in the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible or the, the Torah, uh, are, is this, that in Genesis, God is revealing himself as the covenant God, the God who is faithful, has a faithful heart in spite of uh, the failings of humanity. And that's an amazing thing when we think about our own failings. He's a covenant God. He went all the way and we simply accept his free gift by faith. We accept his work by faith. Exodus is all about the redeeming God or redemption that we see our own sinfulness. And Israel would need to see their own sinfulness and the results of their sinfulness, but they would also need to, in the Passover, see the substitution of the substitutionary lamb, the Passover lamb, and see that 
uh, see their Savior uh, foreshadowed in that. Leviticus is all about the holiness of God, the mediation of the priesthood between God and man, uh, typifying what Jesus Christ would be to us as our great high priest, who is the only mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, and the sacrifice. So God's sacrificial love, but also our sacrificial worship back toward a, a sacrificial loving God. And so Leviticus is all about that. Now, if you're in the 90-day challenge or have read through the book of Leviticus, you know that, I mean, you're, we're in deep, and it, it is uh, just over the last couple days, you're reading through, and you're like, man, this is a lot, but that's what it is showing, that the sacrifice, the mediation of the priesthood, and, and, and uh, God's holiness, and it, that is something that we need to grab onto in that book. Numbers, we learned last week, is all about God's faithfulness and his patience as these people roam through the wilderness by their own design. And uh, we always find when we choose our own way that we're always led into chaos and we're always led into bondage and we're always led into the wilderness into wandering. And so whenever we're tempted to choose our own way instead of God's way, whenever we're tempted to uh, lean to our own understanding instead of God's way, we can mark it down. We're going to find ourselves in the wilderness and we're going to find ourselves wandering in chaos and wandering in a fog. And uh, that's, that's, a, that's a convicting thing when you think about that because how often in our Christian lives are we wandering? We're aimless and we don't know, and many times it goes back to I've, I've stepped aside from God's way. I've stepped aside from his commandments. And that's what's going on. And they, they got there because they didn't believe God. So that leads us up to this last book in the Pentateuch, which is Deuteronomy. And Deuteronomy is all about, uh, all about the loving obedience that God expected from his people he expected them to respond to his love towards them his patience towards them his his not annihilating of them uh his grand love towards them with loving obedience back now this was only going to be possible with the new heart and that's where deuteronomy would get he would help them to understand you can't do this on your own it's just like what we've prayed a moment ago we can't do any of it on our own we need that new heart that that heart is, that is new towards God, to listen, hear, and obey, and to love, and to remember, and to not forget it. And so they were to receive God's instruction, obey it, obey him because they loved him. Not just because uh, you know, it was a thing to you know, check off the list. God wanted them to obey in love. And also this obedience and blessing uh, that would come as a result of their obedience would be something that God wanted them to live out in their lives and pass on to the next generation so every generation is responsible to choose to love and obey god and that's going to be brought out here in the book of of uh, deuteronomy and that's the same in our day every generation just because you love and obey god does not mean your children are going to love and obey god they have to make that choice in their own and uh that's why we must pray for them that's why we must be an example that's why we must be the parents and the grandparents i was talking to pastor shaw uh yesterday about the the role of grandparents in children's lives and what an amazing and awesome responsibility that is to reinforce spiritual, uh, spiritual uh, truths in their lives. And boy, you grandparents, you have an awesome privilege, uh, uh, an interesting one, but an awesome privilege uh, in, the, in your, grand, uh, your grandchildren's lives. And so they were to pass this on to the next generation. Now, remember this, Genesis chapter number 15 tells us that God intended through, or Genesis 12, verse number three, God intended through uh, Abraham and through Israel to bless not just Israel, but through Israel to bless all families of the earth. Remember that? And so uh, Satan wants to derail that 
and he was fighting much against the children of Israel all the way in all their unbelief. Just think about how that impacted the world as they wandered through the wilderness. Just think about how that impacted their testimony in the world. Think about how that impacts our testimony in the world when we're wandering through our Christian lives. And so uh, God was going to bless all nations through Israel, not merely bless Israel above all nations. We shouldn't be content just to receive the blessing of God and not pass it on to others. God has blessed us as an individual, as an individual believer, uh, so that we can, as a conduit, bring that to other people. You've been saved to help um, bring others to Christ. You've been saved to serve, to be a conduit, to bring that onto other people. Not a conduit, but a con, uh, not a container, but a conduit. I was, uh, I was listening to a preacher one time that was talking about that, and uh, he referenced the, the Dead Sea and how that, you know, the Dead Sea has inflow but not outflow, right? And he said, uh, sitting saints start to stink. Uh, and that, that's what happens in our life when we have inflow but not outflow, when we, are not, when we are not operating the mindset that God has saved me to serve, God has saved me to help others come to Christ, we begin to stink. We begin to get some uh, issues developing in our lives and how important that is. In Israel, that's exactly what happened in Israel. They, they took on the blessings. They began to enjoy the blessings of God and didn't pass them on to other, other people. God was going to bless all nations through Israel. So this leads us to uh, Deuteronomy. And what does Deuteronomy mean? It means second law. Second law. So what is, what is Moses, under inspiration of, of God, what is Moses accomplishing here to the people of Israel? He is reiterating or reminding them the law. Now that's interesting because we've already been through Exodus and Leviticus. We've already heard the law, but here's a new generation that's on the scene about ready to cross the border into the promised land, and they need to be reminded of the, of the law. They need to be reminded of God's expectation and his instructions in their life. So Moses is restating God's law for a younger generation. Every generation needs to hear the word of God. Every generation needs to be reminded. Just think about the awesome privilege of parents and um, grandparents to do that exact thing. Think about how God designed it for us in the church of the older generation to teach the younger generation. And so Moses is restating that to this younger generation. It's about 1406 B.C. is when they are, they are getting ready to cross into the, uh, into the promised land, and God is re, uh, restating this for them. They're on the east side of Jordan. They're in the area of Moab, and they're across from Jericho, and God is about ready to let them go into the land. Moses is not going to lead them into the land. We'll see that in a moment. Uh, Joshua is going to lead them into the land, but God is restating this. So you can think of this as Moses final sermon to the, the, to the children of Israel, and what a long sermon it was. I mean, many, many points that were inside of, uh, inside of this sermon, and he had a lot to say. It was his final words, and it's broken down into three sections, and we're going to go through those sections um, briefly uh, as an overview tonight. So I want us to notice part number one, or section number one, really has a somber tone concerning Israel's rebellion, chapters 11, uh, 1 through 11. And, and Moses is breaking down. Here's where you have been. Here's where you've not believed God. You've not followed his commandments. You've messed up. And, and that was important for this younger generation to understand that not everything in their history was good. And just let's I'll remember this. You know what's important for the younger generation to even to know our successes, our spiritual successes, as well as our spiritual mess-ups? To realize, you know what, I haven't, I haven't always been perfect that there's a transparency there and here's what i've learned in those times where i stepped away from god's commands 
And it's important for our children to realize, hey, daddy's not always perfect. Hey, grandpa's not always perfect. And he, so what's going on here is there's, there's, a, there's a, a revelation to this younger generation. Israel's had some times of rebellion. Don't go there. Don't do what they did. And so as we think about that, Moses is challenging this new generation to be different from their parents, to respond to God's grace with love and obedience. And he reminded them of the Ten Commandments. So let's go over to chapter 4 and verse number 5 through 9. And he says, Behold, I've taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me, that ye should do so in the land whither ye go to possess it. Keep therefore and do them, for this is wisdom or your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations remember what wisdom means it's the right application of knowledge this is your right application of the knowledge that god has given you about himself in the sight of all the nations the nations are watching you he says you need to be doing this which ye hear all these statutes and say, surely this great nation is wise and understanding people. For what nation is there so great who hath the God so nigh unto them as the Lord our God is all in all things that we call upon him for? And what nation is there so great that has statutes and judgments so righteous as all this law which I have set before you this day? Only take heed to thyself, and keep thy soul diligently, not haphazardly, diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest thou depart from thine heart, uh, they depart from thine heart all the days of thy life, but teach them, uh, teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. And so he's admonishing this younger generation, make sure you do them and make sure you pass them on to the next generation uh take heed to yourself and listen they were a nation that was uh that god had blessed uh and 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 if the nations of the world around would see them and and have a uh, see them as a good testimony for the things of god they would have to follow through on these things let's flip over to verse number 39 and 40 chapter 4 of deuteronomy 39 and 40 know therefore this day and consider it in thine heart that the Lord, he is God in heaven above, uh, above and upon the earth beneath. There is none else. Thou shalt keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee this day, that it may go well with thee and with thy children after thee, and that thou mayest prolong thy days upon the earth, which the Lord thy God giveth thee forever. And so he's saying, listen, if you want it to go well, similar to the command in Ephesians uh, chapter 6 and verse number 2 and 3, uh, obey your parents, uh, that thou mayest live long in the earth. And God's saying to Israel, obey, obey my commands. If you want to live long in the earth, God's the one that's giving you life and breath, and so you want to obey him. Let's turn over to Deuteronomy 6 and verse 1. And God is revealing, continuing to reveal himself to, unto him. And did you notice here, in every one of these passages we've noted, he's saying, here's my command, I've told you what it is, I want you to obey it, and I want you to teach it to your next, unto the next generation. Don't be like your parents that failed and all died in the wilderness and, and are all in graves like now, uh, right now. Make sure that you are abiding by these things. Chapter 6 and verse number 1. Now these things are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord, Jehovah God, your God, commanded to teach you, that ye might do them in the land whither ye go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God, 
to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son, and thy son's sons, so your grandchildren as well, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily. Notice the blessing that's attached to obedience. As the, Lord thy, uh, uh, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that thou uh, that uh, uh, floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and talk of them when thou sittest in, the, uh, in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontless between thine eyes. <laughs> he's saying, listen, I want, it, I want it to be just like the jewelry that's in me, uh, that you wear, the, the, that you deck yourself with. I want it to be right there in front of you all the time. And just notice how he's saying, listen, this is what I want you do, um, to do, and this is what I want you to teach your children to do and follow in that way. Keep my instruction and instruct the next generation to do the same. And we need to follow suit with that. That's important. It's interesting, even as you think of uh, some of you have been saved many, many years, how we see the compromise in the next generation of Christianity. And you know what? You know what causes that oftentimes? Yes, there's choices that are made, but sometimes we get lax about the instruction of the Lord. And we leave off the, the basic things, and we forget the fundamentals. And the next generation, they don't, they don't hear it as much from the older generation. They don't see the fire in the older generation about the things of God that they, and the fire about the truth of God. And remember what um, Paul told Timothy, hold fast the form of sound words, the, the very definition of sound words. And the next generation needs to hear that. And so t- uh, uh, Moses is preaching this in his final message. So it leads us to part number two, section number two, chapters 12 through 26. And this is where Moses says, all right, everything I told the, on the previous generation, I'm going to tell you now. I'm going to tell you all the laws that I gave them in Exodus and Leviticus. I'm going to tell you all 613. I'm going to reiterate these laws to you in this generation. He reiterated laws of worship, morality, purity, ritual purity, distinction. uh, and, And by that I mean holiness, the social structure, the governance, the justice, as well as giving the warnings. If you obey, there's blessing. And if you do not obey, there's consequences. There's consequences. Yes, there's consequences, and they needed to learn that. You know, in parenting, it's important that our children learn that there's consequences when they disobey, not because just because they disobey us, but because that is the economy in which God works with us. When we disobey him, there's consequences. And so our children have to learn from us, by example, that there's always consequences when we disobey. There's always consequences when we do wrong. Why? Because that's exactly what they're going to face under God. There's always consequences. And so remember, even as we learned on Sunday, that our children, as they learn to obey us, are being trained to learn to obey God. And when they disobey, and there's a consequence that is very, very biblical, that's right, because that's how it works in God's economy. And so I do want us to understand, as we think about these laws, and the, the ones that are listed out here, 
context is important because you'll hear people say, and we're going to touch on this in the last point tonight, you'll hear people on just say that we're, we're under grace, we're not under the law. And they, they, they use it as a, a blanket, just kind of blanket right over the top of the whole law. Yes, that's true. We are living in the age of grace. Amen? Praise the Lord for that. But the fact is the law is still important. And there are the three different laws that we talked about, the three different categories of laws we talked about, I believe back in Exodus, uh, the civil law, the ceremonial law, and the moral law. And the, the ceremonial law governed their, their methods and their ways of worship, how they, they went about temp or tabernacle worship. Their civil law uh, dealt with things like, hey, make sure if you have a flat roof, you put a, you put a fence around the edge so people don't fall off. I mean, things, we have civil law today. Uh, make sure that you, uh, you put orange construction barrier around holes in the ground. You know, put um, cones down the, middle of the, uh, down the middle of the freeway. These are civil laws. And so we, we, we still use civil laws today. But they had civil laws that, that were binding to them. They had civil laws such as if you, if you uh, use the restroom, make sure you do it out of, out of camp. Why? Because God wanted a clean camp. And so there were those types of things that were, that were there that aren't necessarily binding on us, but important for us to see, and we learn of the nature of God. But that moral law, do you know that God over and over, Jesus Christ in the New Testament, reaffirmed and confirmed the moral law? Don't, don't commit adultery. And then Jesus said, well, if you look after a woman to lust after in your heart, you committed adultery already with her in your heart. And so God is reiterating that. And so it's important that we understand, uh, understand that and not just simply toss it all out. So the basic takeaway from this section is this, that if we obey God, there's always going to be thriving. There's always going to be blessing. If we take God's word and we put it into practice, there will always be blessing. That's what God wanted them to understand. If you disobey God, that will always bring about destruction in your life. It's always going to bring about bondage. It's always going to bring about rot in your life. And the sneaky thing that Satan does in our life is he typically allows us to disobey God with some, with some faux blessing or fake blessing, a, a, a period of time where it seems like, hey, I'm getting away with this. And we go on and we go on and then all of a sudden the rot the rot comes, the destruction comes. Don't think just because you go on for a year disregarding God's truth or a month going on disregarding God's truth and it, it's working, that it's all right. It will always catch up with us. And so we do well to heed uh, the, the, uh, the testimony, the example of the children of Israel that if we defy what God says, they will always bring about destruction in our life. It'll bring about ruin. So part number three chapters 27 through 30, uh, 34, they are being told, they're literally saying, all right, you've heard the law. Now, just remember this. If you can, you have the choice in front of you to choose blessing over cursing, over the consequences. You have the opportunity to choose life over death. And uh, Moses knew that they were gonna, they were gonna disobey. In fact, as you turn over to Deuteronomy 30 with me, uh, he, he is bringing this and wrapping this whole book up, this, this long message up, and he, he says, Deuteronomy 30 and verse number 1, and it shall come to pass when all these things are come upon thee. Now notice what all these things are. The blessing and the curse and the consequences which I have set before thee. So he's saying, you're going to experience some blessing, but because you'll disobey, you're going to experience the consequences of that. When all this has come upon you, which I have set before thee, and thou shalt... 
Uh, Call them to mind among all the nations, whither the Lord thy God hath driven thee. You've been driven into bondage, into, into captivity. And thou shalt return unto the Lord thy God, and shalt obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day. You get back to um, following the Bible and get back to following his instructions. Thou and thy children, with all thine heart, with all thy soul, verse number 3, chapter 30, that then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee and will return and gather thee from, among, uh, uh, from all nations whither the Lord thy God hath scattered thee. If any of thine be driven out of, uh, out of the uttermost parts of the, the heaven, from thence will the Lord thy God gather thee, and from thence will he fetch thee. And the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possess, and thou shalt possess it, and he will do thee good, and multiply thee above thy fathers, and the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart. The idea of circumcising is a spiritual circumcision, a, 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 uh, a removal of sin from thine heart, and the, Lord, and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul that thou, uh, thou mayest live. And what is he saying there? They're going to get a new heart, a heart that it has sin removed from it which looks forward to what Jesus Christ would one day do for, for us. And so, as he says this, listen, you're going you're gonna to disobey. You're going to be driven into consequences. You're going to suffer from that. That's going to be a rough thing. But when you come back out of that, the Lord has compassion on you. Uh, it's going to be an amazing thing as God um, brings you into the land and you start obeying him and you're blessed again. Chapter 32 and chapter 33, he explains how actually to love and obey God this way. Notice what he said there in verse number six, to love the Lord with all thine heart and with all thy soul. He explains that how they would need a new heart. Look at chapter 33 and verse number 26. There is none like unto uh, God, Jeshurun, who rideth upon the heavens in thine help and his excellency on, uh, on the sky. The eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are, hi, are, are the everlasting arms, and he shall thrust out the enemy before thee, and shall say, destroy them. Israel shall dwell in safety. The fountain of Jacob shall be upon, uh, upon a land of corn and wine. Also his heavens shall drop down dew. Happy art thou, O Israel, who is like unto thee. Now notice, O people, O people saved by the Lord, the shield of thy help, and who is the sword of thine excellency, and thine enemies shall be found liars upon thee, and thou shalt tread upon their high places. What are you saying? Listen, uh, just remember your salvation's in God. You need this new heart in order to love the Lord, and remember that salvation doesn't come by your own works. It comes by God. He's the one that saves you. So after this, Moses appoints Joshua in chapter 34 as the, as the leader, the God-appointed leader. And we get into the book of Joshua and we see how God deals with him and encourages him to be strong and of good courage. He puts the law into the Ark of the Covenant. He goes to a mountain which God tells him. He gets to see, he gets to see the promised land but not enter into it, but he dies. All because of his own disobedience and rising up in, 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 in rebellion against God in a moment of time, in a, in a simple decision, but he lost, uh, he lost the ability to go into the promised land and uh, all that he had worked for, he lost in that moment. That's a sobering thing. And so Moses comes to the end of his life as he has preached this message 
hey, make sure that you keep the, um, the word of God, the instruction of God, and make sure you pass it on to your children. And I want to finish with this concluding thought, this concluding point, the purpose of the law, and remember this as we've just come through a lot of law. Remember the purpose of the law, according to the Old Testament, is a schoolmaster that was bringing them to God, showing them over and over, without God, without faith, it's impossible to accomplish this. Without that new heart, it's impossible to obey God. Aren't you thankful that, that God has given you a new heart in salvation in Christ where it makes you possible to obey God? And he's given you the Holy Spirit's presence within, which makes it possible to obey his commands. God gave the law for one purpose, but the Jews used it for another. One man said, the law, which was, uh, was never given as a mean of attaining righteousness, was used by the, the Jews for this very purpose. The result was that the Jews, through working hard to keep the law, failed to attain righteousness, which the Gentiles, who did not even seek righteousness or, uh, or possess the law, did attain it. Now think about this. The Bible says, Galatians 3.24, it's in your notes, that the law is that schoolmaster that drives us and helps us to realize our need. That's why you, you should not and, and, and cannot bring a person to salvation except you go to the Ten Commandments, go to the law, and help them to see they, they are hopeless without God. And so the law is that schoolmaster that, that, the schoolmaster that uses the ruler to slap the ring. You, you can't do this. I mean, you are, you're in the wrong, and without God, it's impossible. And so it drives us to God. What is Romans chapter 10 and verse number 1? Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved, for I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness, now notice, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. How did they do that? Trying to obey the law. Trying to use the law as a way of attaining righteousness. That's not the case. Uh, how, did, how did Abraham obtain righteousness before God? He believed and was counted unto him for righteousness. It was recorded on his account as righteousness. So there's not two ways to be saved. In the Old Testament, keep the law. In the New Testament, by faith in Jesus Christ. It's always been by faith in Jesus Christ. And it's a progressive revelation. We're getting there. It's this grand unfolding story of redemption. And that's being unfolded here, even in this book of Deuteronomy, as he's saying, listen, you need to, here's the laws. You need to hear the instruction of God. By faith, keep these things before God and teach them to your children. So salvation in the Old Testament, as in the New, is always, always been by faith. So let's think about some takeaways. The book of Deuteronomy stresses all of Israel. It stresses all of Israel, emphasizing that God's people are to be unified. They were to be together. And how important, God has always placed blessing upon a unified people following him. There's, there's a blessing upon a unified church that is striving together for the faith of the gospel. Number two, every generation is responsible to choose to love, trust, and obey God. We cannot force that on the next generation. They have to choose that. But friends, we got to make sure that they see that being lived out in our lives in a very real and vibrant way. I'm afraid sometimes that, that we blame the, the, the next generation for not having a heart for God because we didn't exude a, a, a fiery heart for God ourselves. Oh, that God would help us with that. 
And even in the Grace Baptist Church, oh, that God would help us to have in this generation a fiery heart for God, a heart of total devotion, a heart of prioritizing the things of God so that the next generation understands this was important to my parents. This was important to brother so-and-so in the church. And every generation is responsible to choose that, but we need to exemplify it. Love, number three, should drive obedience, and obedience to God is always blessed. Not duty. Let love drive your obedience to God. I love him, and so I obey him. If you love me, keep my commandments. God wasn't looking for just a rote obedience from his, uh, from his people. He wanted them to love. Notice what he said, with all your heart and with all your soul, with your, your passion, I want your love. Number four, every generation is responsible to teach the next generation the love and person of God. Teach them diligently all along your path. Make the Bible Make the Bible a constant topic of conversation. Look for ways to weave it in. Um, if you uh, listen to the Adventures in Odyssey, how many of you know what Adventures in Odyssey is, right? And we, like we were raised just waiting for the next episode. But Mr. Whitaker could always find a way to teach a biblical lesson, right? But that's what we need to, that's what we need to do. Always looking for a way to illustrate a biblical truth with our, our children. And you know the Holy Spirit will help us with that if we have a heart for it and seek him for it. And so we can do that. And again, friends, I, I, I want to emphasize this so very much because I believe it's something church and even our church lacks right now is the, the older generation teaching the, the, the younger generation, the older women teaching the younger women, the older men teaching the younger men. And sometimes there's, we get comfortable with that little bit distance. They do their thing and we do our thing. No, every generation is responsible to teach the next generation. Commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And so we, we want to be doing that. And so then number five, loving obedience is only possible when God gives us a new heart through the gospel. You have the, uh, on the potential, you have the ability to love God and to live out his commands because of, the, uh, of your new heart in Christ. And then what we do, uh, desperately need are transformed hearts, not modified behaviors by the, uh, what does Romans talk to us about? Uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're not just looking for people to conform. We're not just looking to conform our children to our list of standards. We want heart transformation. We want to touch their heart. So that means there's going to have to be conversations that get to the heart of the matter, not just do it because I said so, but no, this is why we do it. And uh, that's why questions are so important, and that's why giving an opportunity uh, to hear uh, and to, to talk to the heart of the matter, like we said on Sunday, get to the heart of the matter and answer it biblically. And give answers, and if you don't know the answer, study in. Study in. Why do we do what we do? And we have obligation to do that. So the focus of these five books are really to call us to hope in God's goodness. God created everything perfect, beautiful. <laughs> Man messed it up. And God is the covenant God is bringing man back to himself. And he went all the way and he says, now just accept it by faith and follow me in love. And it looks forward to the, the, the confirmation of his redemptive plan and giving us a new heart, but not just a new heart, a new heart that wouldn't one day be able to spend in, uh, uh, eternity with him in a new heaven and a new earth. So it's all pointing towards that, but it gets started here in these first five books of the Bible. And so if we can sum up here in, in Deuteronomy, he's wanting our loving obedience. And let's make sure that we don't just love out of duty, that we, that we don't just obey out of duty, but we, we love and therefore we obey. 
And may God help us with that even in this week. And as we teach that to our children and exemplify that in our own lives. Let's ask God to help us. Thank you, Lord, for uh, the book of Deuteronomy. And thank you for being a God that's patient with us. We don't deserve your patience. And Lord, I'm thankful for what you told, uh, told me in the book of Psalms in chapter 103 that you, you look at us as children and you see how that we mess up and you're patient. You're not a God that always strives. You're, you're, you're a God that is patient with us and we're thankful for that. Lord, help us to obey you out of love. Lord, you told us to serve you with our gifts and Lord, we have an opportunity in the next uh, week and this summer to serve you with our gifts. Help us to do it out of love not out of duty. And I pray that the children of our church would see adults that are on fire for you and uh, devoted to you no matter what, even though there's so many other things that should vie for our attention and our, our time. May they see adults that are just sold out and on fire for you, Lord, we pray. Help us, we, we ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. For more information about Grace Baptist Church, please visit our website at gracebaptistofkettering.org. And remember, you are always welcome at Grace Baptist Church.